This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 37 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Welcome to the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week as we talk about your mind, sports psychology, mental gymnastics, how your mind plays a role with your life, especially if you're an athlete, if you're a coach, if you're a fan, if you're an official. I've been here for the last 18 years. I'm in my 28th year of radio in the Kansas City area, and on our show is now being broadcast in a number of cities around the country, I'm proud to say. I've been a sports psychologist in my 39th year of work. And I love what I do because I get to work with all kinds of interesting people and help them accomplish their goals, help them try to figure out what they need to do to be the best they can be. And this show, which is podcasted on my website, winnersalimited.com, it's also podcasted here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. We talk about different topics each week. I try to bring up something that I think will be of interest to our listeners. And today we're going to have an interview with uh, a gentleman I've known for a little bit over a year now. We're going to bring him on with us in a few minutes. His name is Murphy Grant. He's the Senior Associate Athletic Director for Sports Performance and Healthcare Administration, Wake Forest University. He's also the National Athletic Trainers Association Intercollegiate Council for Sports Medicine Chair. So in other words, he knows what he's talking about when it comes to sports injuries and sports performance. I met Murphy a year ago when he worked in that similar capacity at the University of Kansas. He is an incredibly intelligent and talented individual who gets the world of sports. And he has worked with an incredibly large number of very prominent athletes throughout his career. We're going to bring him on in a few minutes to talk about the topic today. Because our topic today is going to be this kids sports participation there's an article in the New York Times this past week parents should limit sports participation for children trainers say I'm gonna read a little bit of the article here and then we're gonna get into discussion bring Murphy in towards the end of our first segment here too many children are risking injuries even lifelong health problems because they practice too intensively in a single sport and parents should set limits on their participation according to the study the new recommendations from the National Athletic Trainers Association urge, urge parents to ensure that children and adolescents postpone, and hear that word, postpone, specializing in one sport for as long as possible, that they take at least two days off each week for rest, that they not play a single sport for more than eight months a year. The recommendations, more stringent than those issued by physicians groups, may be a challenge for some parents and kids who see intense year-round athletic training as the path to scholarships and professional stardom. And this advice comes from a concern that's been growing dramatically lately about a rise in athletic injuries among kids engaging in really tough training. And this can have a, have a psychological toll, increase the risk for injuries, and burnout. And the, this study suggests basically several things. Six recommendations that you delay specializing in a single sport for as long as possible, play one team at a time, just one organized sport per season. They should not, youngsters should not play a single sport more than eight months a year, take breaks. They should not take part in organized sports activities for more hours per week than their age. For example, a 12 year old athlete should not participate more than 12 hours in a sport. 
Young athletes should take a minimum of two days off per week from organized training and competition for rest and recovery. And they should spend time away from organized sport and activity at the end of each competitive season. These breaks will allow them to recover physically and mentally. And ironically, this study comes out, this article comes out, and I have a uh, mom call me this week who had worked with me with her daughter, who's a gymnast, and they had moved up to the Minneapolis area. Wonderful family, great parents, really, really great young lady. She's now 16, and a year ago she had to have ankle surgery, and then she was unable to compete for a while, and then they moved to Minneapolis, and she had to get the, the ankle operated on a second time. And she's basically been out of competition for two years. And her mom called and said, Dr. J, she needs to talk to you again. So in talking to her the other day, and she's a very bright, very talented young lady, really like her a lot. She says, Dr. Jacobs, I don't know if I want to do it anymore. I mean, I've been hurt for two years. I can't really train. I've been doing gymnastics since I was three. Part of me wants to quit. But there's a part of her also that doesn't want to quit because she wants to spend a year at this new team and give herself an opportunity to see how she can do. So she's going to get healthy, which she's about to recover, and she's going to spend the season training. And she said, you know, at the end of the year, I'll decide if I really want to go on or not. And I think it's a good decision. So let's bring in Murphy Grant. I've known Murphy for, like I said, over a year. He is an extremely intelligent individual and gets this. So, Murphy, thanks for joining me this morning. I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show. Good morning to you, Dr. Jacobs, and uh, thank you for having me. You know, you have extensive experience as an athletic trainer working with athletes in all sports. You have worked with, uh, I don't even know how many professional athletes. When you hear the results of this, that this article said about this study, Give us your impact, your your input, what you feel. You know, it, it, it isn't surprising at all. You know, many sports medicine professionals, whether it's athletic training and physicians, you know, definitely understand and, and acknowledge that the sports specialization is an evolving health care issue. You know, definitely in, in, in this adolescent and young student athlete, uh, we're seeing it all of the time um, at the collegiate level. And, and you know what, there, there's a lot of supporting evidence uh, that sports specialization and overuse injuries are, are definitely on the rise uh, with our young athletes. But not only from the physical and mental aspect of sports specialization, but a psychosocial aspect as well. You know, these are some things that, just as you spoke of with your young gymnast, uh, that we need to be concerned of as well. Let me ask you this question. I, I, I have, as you know, been doing this a long time. I'm one of the first trained sports psychologists in the country. I've seen a change, in my opinion, in youth sports participation. And it's, in, in my opinion, it's getting worse in the sense that the pressure on kids is getting stronger. Do you agree with that? I do. I do. Um, you know, I think, in, this, in, in my opinion, there, there's just a lot of things invested in the young athlete. Um, with the extra training and the personal training and, you know, everything that's going to maybe help them get to the next level. Um, and, and that's a lot of pressure. You know, I know you mentioned something about 12 hours per week uh, if you're 12 years old. You know, at the collegiate level, there's certain times of the year that our student-athletes only get eight hours in a week. And during their competitive season, it's 20 hours but, again, when you can go from a competitive season to a non-competitive season, the hours dramatically change on the amount of time we even want them participating in their sport. Right. I'm, I'm speaking this morning with Murphy Grant. He's one of the top athletic trainers in the country. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist, 
With 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. The world of youth sports has grown tremendously in the last few years. And with that growth comes questions. What's the right age to let my child start playing? When should winning and losing become important? And how can the youth sports experience be fun? These questions and many more are addressed head-on in sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs' book, Just Let Him Play, guiding parents, coaches, and athletes through youth sports. Written with Major League Baseball pitcher Jeff Montgomery and Hall of Fame swimming coach Peter Malone, Just Let Him Play tackles the issues that make youth sports increasingly difficult for parents, coaches, officials, and especially kids. Just Let Him Play explains the importance of winning and losing, success and failure, and why it's okay when not every athlete gets a trophy. For more information and to get your copy of Just Let Him Play, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. That's winnersunlimited.com and click products. One more time, for your copy of Just Let Him Play, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section. When dad injured his back, when your basketball star tore his ACL, opioids helped with the pain, and you held on to them just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful pain-reducing prescription medicines, but most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country. And tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets. Anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everybody. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week, and we talk about your mind, your attitude, and sports psychology on the show. And joining me today, I'm very fortunate to have Murphy Grant with us. He's the Senior Ath- Associate Athletic Director for Sports Performance and Healthcare at Wake Forest University. He's also the Chairman of the National Athletic Trainers Association Intercollegiate Council for Sports Medicine. And he knows what he's talking about, which is why I'm having him on. We're talking about an article in the New York Times that just came out last week stating that parents should limit sports participation for kids. And, you know, Murphy, you and I have known each other for over a year. You get it. You understand it. You've worked with athletes at all levels. 
including some very, very prominent professional athletes. Are you seeing a change in youth sports today? I, I, I think money has played a big role in this. There are all these people making money on youth sports with tournaments and awards and uniforms and everything. I mean, do you, do you see that as part of the problem? Um, you know, I, it, it's, I think it's a little bit of the problem. Um, I think that a lot of the studies, if, if you look at it, um, that individuals, maybe if it's the parents that, that see that specializing in some sports is a, maybe a prerequisite for advancing, you know, making the varsity team, earning a college scholarship, maybe even progressing to the professional level. You know, again, which that's money when you talk about college scholarships and, and playing at the professional level. So is it a prerequisite, you know, to get your son or daughter there? I know that as parents we want our children to be very successful, um, but specializing in sport, uh, the way to go. You know, this past week uh, my producers and I were looking at some stats on our show and I was shocked to find out that in the last 12 months, 51,000 people have listened to the podcast of this show. Um, so we're, we're getting a lot of people. In fact, Dublin, Ireland is the second most popular city of people listening to this show. Um, so we know that you know kids play sports all over the world. And we know that the, the increase in obesity in kids is, is there. It's a problem, too. So how do we balance this out, Murphy? From your experience and your background... What's the, what, what do you feel the best way for parents to get their kids involved in sports is? How much should they do? And, you know, I've, I've, I've known people before who've had kids playing three sports in a season, which I've advised them to not do because one time years ago, my, my younger son Gregory is at soccer practice, and this mom showed up late with her son, and the coach was pretty irritated about it. They were 11-year-old kids. Because the kid was late, and she says, well, we're late because we came from his tennis lesson, but we have to leave her early to go to his swim, swim practice. And she and I sat down and talked about it, and I said, I think you need to cut one of these out. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, you know, I and to, to kind of follow up on, on both of those, you know, with I, th- I believe that sports specialization and, and just doing one sport, there, there's a definite, definite uh, detriment there. And so playing in multiple sports is something that, we're really wanting to um, say can can make these individuals probably less likely to have some of the injuries that we're seeing from the, the students or the young athletes that's only participating in one sport. Um, again, I believe that you know when these young individuals are growing up, uh, that's what they just need to be doing. You know, living their lives as a, a preteen, a teenager. Uh, running around the neighborhood, uh, that makes them pretty athletic as well. So but they don't. They don't. Have, so from, what you're saying, excuse me, but so what you're saying, they don't have to be in some organized activity all the time. They can just be out playing. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's what we're missing a lot of are these uh, young athletes that are just playing around in the neighborhood. Uh, there, there's so much athletic ability that uh, is gained by running around stopping and starting, falling on the ground, getting back up. Um, that's what you see every day in sports. Uh, but it doesn't have to be coached. It could be something that is done and learned naturally uh, just by doing that. You know, when I grew up, and I'm going to be 65 years old in a couple of months, we would I, I was playing different sports, but we would spend a lot of time in our neighborhood running around playing, going up to the grade school. There was a creek a couple blocks away. We used to go catch crawdads in all the time. You don't see kids out playing like that anymore. Now, I know there are safety issues today that a lot of people are very concerned about um, that were probably not as prominent back when I was growing up. But but nonetheless, still, when's the last time or if you drove by a grade school and saw a bunch of kids out playing, just playing, without being at an organized sports practice? <laughs> Only torn the when it's warm outside and it's it's called recess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so okay. You you have been an athletic trainer for a long time. You've you've been at Oklahoma State. You've been at the University of Kansas. Now you're at Wake Forest. You've worked with a lot of very prominent athletes. What you know, parent? So here's one of the questions a lot of parents ask me. 
Doc, what do you think it's going to take for my child to make it to the top? Okay, so I want to ask you that question. What 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 are the, the characteristics, qualities, abilities that allow an athlete to get to the top of their profession and maybe even get to a professional level? Well, one you you have to you have to just be you have to be skilled for one. Um, but there are a lot of really really good athletes in this country, you know. And I, I talk about this quite often with individuals. There are how many high schools in the state of Kansas? Let's just say, or if you think about it nationally. How many, uh, you go from the number of high schools to the number of colleges, uh, then you want to talk about some big-time sports in the 65. There's only 65 schools. Um, then you look at how many NFL teams are out there or how many Major League Baseball teams. That number continues to get smaller and smaller. When you look at uh, a Division One football roster, you have 105 to 110 uh, athletes on there. You go to the professional level, you only have 53 on the roster. You're talking about so, football. Uh, football, yes. So the, the number just continues to get uh, less and less the higher you go. So one, you have to have, yes, the dedication in the sport. Uh, you have to be very skilled to be able to do it. But if you look at some of the information out there on the athletes who were Probably the top, the 90% of the top draft picks in the NFL in 2018 were multi-sport athletes. They just weren't football players. So when it comes to the whole specialization thing and making it to the next level, you want athletic individuals, not just a very good football player, a baseball player. You want athlete, athletic individuals. That's uh, Those things help uh, the athlete make it to the next level. Okay, so the other side of the coin is this increased rate of child obesity that's that's becoming worse and worse now, which I want to talk to you about after we come back from our break, because one of the issues that I'm seeing now are a lot of studies that are coming out that are talking about the importance of exercise and fitness for kids to get involved, because a lot of them are spending time in front of their devices all the time. So when we come back from our, our break here, I want to get into that with you, because you know, we, there's got to be this balance. When do you when do you say no to kids doing too much, and when do you push them to do a lot? This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Are you an athlete, competitor, or ordinary individual who wants to learn how to relax, build confidence, and think more positively? Then the 20 Minutes to Success series of digital downloads and audio CDs from sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs are perfect for you. 20 Minutes to Success will teach you techniques to help you succeed. Dr. Jacobs covers topics like deep breathing for better focus, confidence building, and positive visualization. The 20 Minutes to Success series includes programs for individual sports like swimming, running, tennis, and baseball. You can also target overall athletic performance or relaxation. For more information and to get 20 minutes to success on digital download or CD, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. That's winnersunlimited.com and click products. One more time, to get 20 minutes to success, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. Hi, Grandma. What's for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can Nina come over? I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma! This is hard. She's so young. But I know I need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol. If anyone ever does offer you a drink, I want you to say no. I have too much respect for my family and I don't want to get in trouble. Okay. Really? I promise, Grandma. I love you, too. Okay, how about tasting this stew and telling me what you think? Mmm. Some children may try alcohol as young as nine years old. It's not too early to talk about drinking. For tips on how to begin the conversation, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station. 
All right, crew, let's get her dug. Honey, you wanna give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project, so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this, or this, Make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. If you suffer from COPD symptoms like shortness of breath and fatigue, where do you turn? There are medications and oxygen, but do you know about pulmonary rehab? Three out of five COPD patients have never heard of it. Pulmonary rehab is an exercise, education, and support program that gives you tools to manage your condition. And Medicare typically pays for it. So whether it's grocery shopping on your own or just walking across the room, pulmonary rehab can help you. Visit livebetter.org to find out about your options for pulmonary rehab today. Here's farmer and landowner John Prue. We purchased the land about three years ago and there was an old farmstead on there with trees. We were going to clear the land so we could farm through it. We thought we knew where the pipe was, so we didn't call to get it located. The work on our property led to the damage of a light crude pipeline. Fortunately, no one was hurt, but it could have been much worse. Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety Campaign. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hope you're having a wonderful morning today as you join us on our show. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. And joining me today is Murphy Grant. He's the Senior Associate Athletic Director for Sports Performance and Healthcare Administration, Wake Forest University. And he's also the Sports Medicine Chair for the National Athletic Trainers Association. And you know, he understands the world of sports. He understands what's going on. And we're talking about this article that came out in the New York Times about parents should limit sports participation for their kids. So, Murphy, let's let's talk about, you know, as we were going into our commercial break there, the, the whole issue. OK, childhood obesity, it is on the rise. Yet we're also seeing all these people saying they need to, to not play too many sports at the same time. We're seeing these in almost opposite issues going on. So let's talk about the issue of childhood obesity. Why do you think that is on the rise as well? Um, you know, I, I, you know, there could be a couple of different things. Um, one, or, or the, the devices, you know, that uh, being in front of the phones and the laptops and the tablets, uh, even the television uh, definitely produces a more sedentary individual. Uh, when uh, the young folk uh, needs to be out and moving. Uh, so that is one reason. You know, it could be, again, that where are there just true recreational sports? Um, where are the, the sports where you know, the young son or daughter could just go out and, again, participate uh, without it being highly competitive? Uh, I believe that there's a level for every single uh, type of athlete, but if we can get those individuals out there uh, being active, uh, and active being the, the, the primary word there, then maybe we could uh, reduce that number. Murphy's one of the experts. He's one of the top athletic trainers in the country. He's worked with athletes at all levels of sport. He also has two very successful sons who play sports. And let's talk about your sons for a second. They're, they're both in high school now. Um, when did they start specializing? When did you feel it was, it was good for them to start doing that? Um, with my older son, um, it wasn't until he got into high school, you know, again, we wanted to delay that, but um, that doesn't mean he's not participating in all the other sports, you know, runs around every single weekend, uh, playing football with his friends, uh, definitely shooting hoops during, um, before school, even after school, after he's done with his training. Um, and then my youngest son, who does the martial arts, um, that's all he's doing is 
participate in every other sport until he has to begin his training sessions as well. So, as parents, when did you tell them you thought it was good to start doing their own sport, just the, the one they're in there? Um, you know, and and we didn't tell uh, them, either one of them. That's that why I asked you that question. Do. I wanted to see what you'd say. <laughs> yeah, at all. You know, it was, it was more of their decision once they, um, again, started to, to be successful in it, that they felt that it was time for, the, for themselves to, again, uh, look forward to where they wanted to go. Well, it wasn't a decision from us. Let's go to the phones. Let's see what Leanne has to say. Good morning, Leanne. Thanks for calling in. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. You have a question for us? Yeah, and kind of a comment, too. I mean, I'm just right in line with exactly what both of you guys are saying. My boys are only five and seven, and we've done very little organized sports just with the city or whatnot. And um, they are just constantly outside playing, and they're both very naturally athletic. And just right now, my, my seven-year-old is, I think, going to be a really good soccer player. And he's just now um, expressed some interest in trying to do soccer. So we're just kind of letting them guide the way. And But, you know, we just turn them outside and turn them loose and let them play. And the neighborhood kids all play together. And they've become athletes just because of that. And I know my kids are some of the only kids in our neighborhood that are outside playing. And... Uh, I know you guys commented on that earlier, how when do you, when do you just see kids playing? And um, we're just, we just feel really thankful that we're in a, a good place where we can turn them out and let them play. And um, I'm excited to see, like, their natural athletic ability come out as they get a little bit older, and I'm going to let them lead the way. So that's well, really lo- all I had to say. Well, I love, I wanted, wanted one thing, I, I love your comment, you said just let them out and just let them play. That's the name of my book, Just Let Them Play, that I co-authored. Oh, cool. With Jeff Montgomery and, and Pete Malone. So, I mean, before I let you go, Leanne Murphy, comment on what she just said there, because I think it's great to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, you know, and 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 thank you for sharing that story. I, it, it is great to hear that there's still just the young kids out there running around and playing. And you said they will learn some natural ability. Again, to be able to just run and jump and cut and, and have just pure joy yeah. And doing what they want to do is, is very special. So they're yeah. what and for them to ki- gain the skill. Kindergarten and what what are they? Kindergarten, first grade? What are they? It's, uh, pre pre K and uh, first grade. Yep. We'll be kindergartner and second grade next year. And they're definitely the most athletic kids. You know, if they get in the group, they're the most athletic kids around. And I mean, I think they have one kid did basketball once and one kid did soccer once and that's about it, you know. <laughs> So it's all it's all just playing in the in the yard except for that. So Let me ask you a question, Leanne. Is, has yeah. there been any pressure uh, to sign up for any teams? Have you had other parents or or uh, coaches saying, "Hey, we're starting no, a team"? I don't think so. I mean, I do see a lot of our other neighborhood kids and and grade school kids, you know, involved in one, two, three sports and. Um, at this age, like seven-year-olds, you know, already doing at least one, if not two or three sports, at least what I see on social media every year. And um, it does seem like a lot to me, but we're not getting any pressure. Um, you know, people ask, oh, is, is he in whatever sport? And we're like, well, you know, not yet, but he's kind of interested. So um, I, it, it does seem like there's a lot of kids that are super involved. And as a seven-year-old, I'm like, seems a little excessive to me, but... <laughs> Um, but no, we're not getting any pressure from anyone. Well, that's good to hear. I, I listen, Murphy. You agree? I think she's got a great perspective with this. Yeah, absolutely. And continue with that. <laughs> they they have time to grow for sure. Yeah. Well, Leanne. Yes. Yeah. Listen. Thank you so much for calling in and sharing that, and, and good luck with it. your kids. I think it sounds like you got a, a great, a great idea yeah, in terms of how you're good, raising them. They're a good bunch. <laughs> but thank you. I appreciate yeah, it. Well, enjoy enjoy them now because believe me, my sons are almost thirty and twenty eight, and. Uh, they were that age, it seems like, last week, so it'll I happen it. fast. Okay, well, take, thank you. Take, take care. Easy. Thanks for Bye-bye. calling. Okay. If you'd like to call in, if you're a parent or a coach, I'm talking with Murphy Grant, Senior Athletic Director at Waste Forest University. He's one of the top athletic trainers in the country. And, and so that was great, Murphy. That was great to hear that because I don't hear that very much anymore. Do you? Yeah, I, no, not at all. And I was going to say the same thing. I, I really appreciated that she took the time and to say that. 
it again it is so important for the young individual regardless of you're in sports or not to just to be out be able to run outside and, and enjoy this time um, and she said that they were happy they were happy and they were just gaining natural athletic ability um, which is good you know there's so much that needs to go on just from a, a growth standpoint uh, a body positioning standpoint being able to know where your body's at with regards to movement and that's something that we often say that you know those individuals who do specialize in sport have a greater risk of injury uh, because their bodies are doing the same thing over and over and over those athletes that are in multiple sports and multiple activities it, it teaches them how to just be athletic and and it really takes a really good athlete to continue to move on why okay from your perspective and we'll, we'll, we'll in our last segment we're going to get into this why do you think parents feel this pressure to have to have their kids do all this I, I, I want to get into that with you because it seems like I get this a lot. Well, they've got to do this to get a college scholarship, and they've got to specialize now, and they have to really just do one thing. And the research is showing the opposite. But I want to get your opinion on that when we come back from our break. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm talking to Murphy Grant, one of the top athletic trainers in the country. He's an athletic director at Wake Forest University. He understands this whole issue of kids' participation in sports, and we're commenting on an article in the New York Times talking about parents should limit their kids' participation in sports. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist, with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive, realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Here's farmer and businessman James Wood. We farm about 3,500 acres. There's pipelines everywhere. The contractor working on my property did not have the lines located before he began work, and it resulted on a strike on a natural gas pipeline. Fortunately, no one was hurt, but it could have been much worse. Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety campaign. All across the country, people are coming together to speed up what we can learn about health. The All of Us Research Program is calling on one million people to join us as we try to change the future of health. For your family, for future generations, for all of us. Visit joinallofus.org and find out how you can become one in a million. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF 
plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm here every week as we talk about the mental side of sports on this show. And today I'm talking about, and it, it, well, I'm talking about kids' sports. And if, you, if you've listened to the show, you know that's one of my passions, the whole world of youth sports and the pressures on kids today to play and compete and win. And look, I love, I, I, I do not like to lose in anything I do. I, believe me, I've lost a lot. And failed a lot. It's part of life. Um, youth sports is a great opportunity for kids to grow, learn, have fun. I mentioned our book, Just Let Them Play. I co-author with Jeff Montgomery and Pete Malone. Our third chapter is called Embracing Failure Can Lead to Fun. Because you've got to learn how to fail. And if you teach kids, I think, and I'll get Murphy to comment on this in a second. I think if you teach kids that failure is okay, it's part of what you do, not to be scared of it and afraid of it, but to learn from it, it won't become an issue as they get older. Murphy, what do you think about that? I, I agree. I, I, I utilize the same words. You know, um, to, to, to fail is, isn't, a, isn't, a, isn't a bad thing. You know, if you continue to fail, that's the same thing over and over. Now we need to go back and reevaluate what is going on. But it should be used as a learning experience uh, for growth. Uh, and growth comes many different ways, not only physically but mentally as well. Okay. Um we had a caller. He didn't want to come on the air. My producer, Josh, wants to chime in here. T- Josh, tell us what this, this gentleman said. Um, it was about a 70-year-old gentleman. He said back in his day that he used to play outside all the time. And nowadays he doesn't hardly see any kids playing outside. Um, says there's a lot of bad people out there and that we need to you know, clean up the streets a little bit, I guess. And you said he was about to get in his mountain bike and go on a ride. Rides his mountain bike every morning. I didn't get the gentleman's name though. So does he bring a broom with him, or what is it to clean? I, I don't know. <laughs> Got <laughs> that, That's an uh, interesting. You know, go, go ahead. I, yeah, I understand what he's saying. You know that uh, there is a lot of trust lost um, in our communities and in our neighborhoods. That you know, there's a lot of parents that are afraid to have their sons and daughters out there because you just don't know what's going to happen well and, and that's very valid it's very it is it is an issue and he's right it is an issue and so i know like when you especially when i grew up i'm older than you but that was not a problem i mean we'd go out my summertime we'd go up to the grade school and which is three houses up the street and play up there or we like i said we'd go catch crawdads in the creek a couple blocks away or we play basketball in my driveway you know, we come in and get something to eat for lunch, and then we maybe get a drink in the afternoon. We be out all day. That was not an issue. Today, it is an issue. It definitely is a problem. And this whole issue of getting kids involved in organized activities at young ages, Murphy. Let's let's talk about these recommendations that that have been made. Number one, delay. I'm going to read each one, and then you comment on it. Number one, delay specializing in a single sport for as long as possible. Yeah, you know, and and again, and and what it says is one particular sport. Um, you know, putting them in sport uh, is, is really good for them. We talked about running around outside, you know, even uh, the occasional recreational sport uh, and not um, a high level. But as long as they're doing multiple things, uh, what you want is just some general physical fitness and athleticism. These are the things that will reduce injury, keep it fun. Um, hopefully they're learning but not doing one sport all year round uh, is what we mean by delaying uh, the specialization. You know, back in the 80s when I was the uh, first sports psychologist at the University of Kansas where you've also worked, I had the privilege to work uh, with Larry Brown, the basketball coach, and there are a number of things Larry said to me that have stuck with me. The one thing that, that made the most sense of everything he ever said was we're talking about kids playing sports. He said, you know, kids at a young age should play a team sport and an individual sport. And he said individual sports teach them about self-confidence and fending for themselves, and team sports teach them about sharing. They should do them both, and do them both at the same time because it enhances both. What do you think about that? Uh, again, it's something that I definitely agree with. And, and as a parent, uh, what we uh, try to teach our kids, you know, to play a team sport and have to 
uh, let's say, have another teammate's back and help support them, uh, and hopefully they will support you as well, that builds camaraderie. And one, it teaches you to be a selfless student athlete, uh, but doing the single sports and the one that is individualized, again, does build the confidence. But you have to be a team player. Uh, there's few people that get to the top by themselves. It, it takes a team around them, uh, one being the parents, uh, to help support them to help achieve any goal, uh, what it may be uh, growing up. Right. Let's go to the second, second uh, recommendation, one team at a time. Yeah, so when you think about that, I think you made the comment about um, one of the parents and, you know, going from one sport and they're getting out late and then they're having to go across town to get to another sport and they still have schoolwork to do. Oh, right. Yeah, there is is that homework uh, issue, too, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, because they are growing and they have school. So, again, if, if there's a way to just keep it to one team or one sport at a time that that is ideal uh but again there may be you may be in a competitive season with one and then the other coaches may want a little bit of time as well okay the next one says not bold well sorry the the next one says youngsters should not play a single sport more than eight months per year breaks in training give overstressed tissues time to recover yeah absolutely eight months out of a year that that is just a long time that gives you four months to, like you said, try to recover, to try to, uh, again, clear the mind to get back into it. Eight months is just a really, really long time for a young athlete. They should not take part in organized sports activities for more hours per week than their age. For example, a 12-year-old athlete should not participate in more than 12 hours per week of organized sport. Yeah, again, that's a a lot of time. what, What is the rest of your time going to be? You know, at this young age, we're even trying to stress eight-plus hours of sleep. Uh, there's only 24 hours in a day. Um, we know that there's so many other things that are going on in life that, again, at 12 years old, uh, that is the optimal time. You know, I mentioned earlier about our time commitment for the collegiate athlete uh, in the non-competitive season is only eight hours, um, and that's far less than what we're saying for the 12-year-old. Exactly. Youngsters, young athletes should take a minimum of two days off per week from organized training and competition for rest and recovery. Yeah, which is so important. You know, we've, over the past five, six years, we've really stressed the entire rest and recovery aspect of sport. Um, if to play at a high level tomorrow, you have to get your rest today. Uh, so the recovery part uh, is something that is very, very key. And at this young age, their bodies are still developing and growing. So it's important that they pull, some, they pull down days from the intense training. And the last one, the last suggestion is youngsters should spend time away from organized sports and activities at the end of each competitive season that allow them for physical and mental recovery and minimize injuries and burnout. Yeah, you know, right there, you know, I, I, I think that's one key piece as well, you know, to just get away from it. You know, if for those individuals who are playing high-level sport, it, it's just that. It's very high-level. Uh, we see that at the professional level, at the collegiate level, at the very super successful high school level, being able to get away from the sport for some time uh, actually gives that drive for that athlete to get back at it. Uh, but you have to let them get away from it as well. You just got to have to have a fresh mind when it comes back to getting back into the activity. Real quick, we've got about a minute left here. Give me your definition of winning and your definition of losing. Uh, that that that's tough, you know. Again, I, I think about just just being successful and being happy. Um, and yes, there has to be uh, some positive attributes to what it is that you're doing, and, and then you're winning. Um, so you know, winning that that's tough. I like using the term success more than anything. Um, we talked about failures. Um, if you lose a game, hopefully you 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 learned what it is that went on through that competition or that activity that caused you to lose. Sometimes there's just a team that's better than you. Um, and, but, that, and that's, um, and that's not just sport, that's life. That's just the way it that's is. That's life. Yes. Now, yeah, real quick, Murphy, yeah. people, people want to get a hold of you. How can they reach you? Um, they Feel free to email me. Um, my email address is murphyg1980 
1994 at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to email me if anyone has any questions there, uh, and I'll be happy to answer them. Listen, my friend, thanks so much for joining me today. This has been great. I'm going to have you on again. You, you, your advice is, is tremendous. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. A lot of ways you can listen to our podcasts. Go to Sports Radio 810 WHB. Turn on the additional programming page. Go to my website, winnersunlimited.com. Click on podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at, at DRJ Sports Psych, at DRJ S-P-O-R-T-P-S-Y-C-H. Send me an email at drj at winnersunlimited.com. And always call me at my office at 816-561-5556. Have a great week. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. You've been listening to the Sports Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section, when dad injured his back, when your basketball star tore his ACL. Opioids helped with the pain, and you held on to them, just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful pain-reducing prescription medicines, but most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country. And tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets, anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. Hi, Grandma. What's for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can Nina come over? I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma! This is hard. She's so young. But I know I need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol. If anyone ever does offer you a drink, I want you to say no. I have too much respect for my family and I don't want to get in trouble. Okay. Really? I promise, Grandma. I love you too. Okay, how about tasting this stew and telling me what you think? Mmm. Some children may try alcohol as young as nine years old. It's not too early to talk about drinking. For tips on how to begin the conversation, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station.